You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. On today's episode, I'm interviewing Mark Singh. Mark is awesome. He is another fellow podcaster here in the podcast world. He comes from the podcast that he has created called The Unapologetic Man. And I love that because I'm always telling you to be an unapologetic man, to be a guy who doesn't apologize, who is confident in who he is and doesn't have to make excuses or explain the things that he does. He just knows that what he does is something that he believes in. Anywho, today's episode with him, we are talking about how to answer the boring questions girls ask you. Like, what do you do? Where are you from? Where do you live? All those boring questions. How do you answer them so they sound just way more interesting? And this is cool because this is coming off of an episode that I did recently where I was talking about that I explained how to explain your job in a job statement, things like that. But what's cool is Mark is going to teach you how to do it in a little bit more of a flirty way. So we're going to make things a little bit more flirtatious and fun, which is going to build attraction with women. So I'm very excited to dive into that today. Some really cool practical stuff that you're going to be able to use when you're meeting women and when you're chatting with them in person, whether on a date or an approach. Very cool stuff here. Don't forget, if you are interested in working on conversation, how to be better with conversing with women, how to be more flirty, how to be able to get to the point where you're having conversations that women actually remember and remember you by and not just the boring conversations, you should absolutely check out my Hooked program. My Hooked program is a 10-module course that teaches you everything about attraction, everything about how to meet women, teaching you how female psychology works, what a woman is thinking, teaching you how to be able to have flirtatious conversation, and also teaching you everything from how to set up a booty call to getting a girlfriend and figuring out which girl is going to be the right one for you, how to be able to land a first date and then be able to bring that to the bedroom. So everything and more included in the Hooked program. It's an online course that I've created that has now been sold over 2,000 times. And I want you to be able to get it too so you can get the help you need. Go to getherhooked.com to pick up a copy today. Go on the order form and just read the testimonials. These are real testimonials. Obviously, I'm not going to lie here. These are real testimonials from guys who have gotten results from the Hooked program that absolutely works. So I want this to work for you and I want you to get results in your dating life. Go to getherhooked.com. All right. In the meantime, let's get to my interview with Mark Singh. We're talking about how to answer these boring questions that girls ask you. What's going on, my brother from another mother, Mark Singh? How you doing, man? Great, brother. How you been? I've been good. I've been very good. Yeah, it's awesome to talk to you again. I feel like we. I am breaking a record here on my end of fastest time to have a person back on the podcast from their first. Because I have done this for many years, so I have a lot of repeat guests. But usually, I like to wait a year, maybe two years to have them back on. And we've had you back on uh, now here pretty much almost right away. I think I interviewed you maybe last fall or last summer. Mm -hmm. And now you're back. And the reason why you're back is because, well, 
I just enjoy talking to you. You got a lot of good information. We are both kind of in the same boat here. We're both podcasters giving men's dating and life advice. And it's just fun to do episodes with you. So welcome back. Man, what a compliment. You know, I respect you so much. I, I listen to your podcast. I'm a fan, bro. I've sent you fan mail, got your uh, your image tattooed on my butt, all that fan mail you never replied to. And finally, <laughs> me starting my own podcast allowed me entrance into your life. So brother, I really appreciate that. What a compliment. And I hope to deliver some goods today. Yeah, man. Of course. Of course. So what are we talking about today? So today, we're going to go over how to answer the boring questions that girls ask you. When you guys go out, you know you're going to get these questions. Where are you from? What do you do for a job? Do you have any brothers or sisters? How old are you? What do you do for fun? And a lot of guys, to my amazement, don't really prepare answers to that. They kind of just go out and wing it. And while it's good to be able to wing it, while it's good to be able to talk off the cuff about things, in my opinion, you should follow what I call the five Ps. Prior preparation prevents poor performance. So if you know you're going to get certain questions, like in an interview, you know you're going to be asked about your previous job, you know you're going to be asked about your work experience, why wouldn't you prepare answers to that? So I have a three-step process to not only prepare for the questions girls are going to ask you, but also to ask girls questions in the same way that makes it interesting. It instills emotion. It instills laughter into the conversation rather doing than what most guys do, which is platonic vibing, interview mode, just exchanging facts. We're going to put a lot of emotion, including laughter, which is really important, into these answers. So that's what this three-step process is designed to do. Cool. Yeah. Conversation is one of the hardest things that guys deal with, for sure. Yep. It is something that really gets guys fumbling and not sure how to either answer questions, not sure how to continue conversation. I do believe there's a nice combination of being able to improvise, but then also have some answers that you're just going to be giving or some stories that you're going to be repeating yep. when you're talking to a girl. It's just normal. And what I found too is when guys end up having enough conversations and they talk to enough women that you end up figuring out like, oh, the same things come up in conversation all the time. Mm -hmm. So you're naturally just going to be repeating yourself and answering the same questions in the same way. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying here today is you're going to have something that's going to make things a little bit more interesting. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. And that and that's true. You know, you get the same thing over and over again. So not only are you going to have these things that's going to make it more interesting, but you're going to get so good at it. You're going to know what works, know what doesn't, kind of beta test these things and also adjust them based on the situation. Day game is much different from night game. So once you get good at this and you got your answers in place, then you can kind of feel confident. Like, dude, when you see that girl, you know you're going to make her laugh because you already have these in place. You have different conversational topics that you know you can go on. So it gives you more confidence too that when you walk up to this girl, you're going to give her something. And I always say, be a go-giver. Go give her good energy. Go give her good conversation rather than what most guys do, which is try to take you know, take her number, take her time, take her femininity. Instead, you're going to go up and give. And that starts with the conversation you're going to give her. So that's what we're going to review today. Cool. Well, let's just do it, man. Let's hop into it. All right, brother. So what is... Let me ask you this, Trip. What is the most common questions that people ask each other 
when you meet somebody at a dinner party, when you meet a girl, what is she probably going to ask you? A quick hint. It's about your job. What do you do? Exactly. What do you do? And a lot of guys... And it's funny to me because this is such a golden opportunity to say something funny. And a lot of guys just say, Oh, I'm an accountant. And deadpan it. And that's like the last thing they say. Is that going to build attraction? Listen, even if you're a plastic surgeon driving a Ferrari and you just say, I'm a plastic surgeon, it's not going to get any attraction. Despite the fact that you think it might, you think you have a high value job. It's not because it's not making her laugh. It's not putting emotions into the conversation. So the way my three-part process works is first, you want to say something totally off the wall, totally funny, completely not true. The second part is to say the truth of what you do. And then the third part is to, if you have time and if the, if the situation warrants it, tell a story about how that happened. Okay, so here are a couple things that I often say to girls when they ask me what I do. Now, again, this is the first part, which is the funny part. So when a girl asks me, so what do you do? I immediately say, I'm an ass model. Yeah, I'm an ass model. See this ass right here? This thing is famous on seven continents. It's all over the place. In fact, there's a huge billboard, 60 feet by 100 feet of just my ass right up there in the middle of Times Square. And she cracks up. And you say, listen, during no phase of this conversation, will you pinch my ass? Because if I get a bruise on this beautiful piece of work, you will put me out of a job. Now she's laughing. She's trying to pinch your ass. She sometimes says that she's an ass model too. And then you guys have this fun, flirty competition where you're like, dude, my ass is so much better than yours. You know, we had that competition back in Bombay and I was chosen over you and you were hurt and we got in this big fight. And it, it creates this really funny dynamic between you two. And that's what you want. You want those emotions. So I'll say I'm an ass model, a couple other things, and you guys can write this down if you want. I'll say I'm a dolphin trafficker. Yeah, actually, um, dolphins are highly coveted in Texas, but they don't have any. So what I do is I traffic dolphins illegally from Colorado to Texas just to supply the massive demand. They put little cowboy hats on them and they dance around in the water. And those Texans, man, they sure love those dolphins. So that's something I say. I say I'm an almond milker. I work at the almond farm and I milk almonds. That's how they get almond milk. Did you know that? You got you to gotta milk the little almonds and I pretend like I'm, I'm milking them like I'm milking a cow and she's cracking up. I say I work at Hillshire Pharmaceuticals. Yeah, I work at Hillshire Pharmaceuticals. She cracks up. I say I'm a mayonnaise farmer. I work at the Freak Show. I'm the world's tallest midget. Yeah, I work at the Freak Show. I'm the world's tallest midget. I'm actually a midget. I know I'm 6'2", but I am a midget. And uh, it's, quite, it's quite an anomaly. One client of mine came up with, he creates Braille for Playboy magazines because even blind people have to jack off too. <laughs> he said, "Oh my god! <laughs> all right, so, that's crazy. Yeah, all right. So you're just you're just being silly, man. And listen, whatever resonates with you. I like ass model. That's kind of like always my my default. I have another client says he's a backflip expert, and he'll teach her how to backflip later if she behaves herself. So it's whatever resonates with you. But dude, it has to be funny. It has to be engaging, especially in the nightclubs. But you know what? I'll do this in day game too all the time." And, and it's fun in day game because you can get a little bit more in-depth because you can actually hear yourself think without the damn music blaring in your ear. So that works really well. Okay, so that's step one. You guys got to think of something funny. Come on, guys. Like, Let's get the humor into these conversations. The second thing is to say the truth. Now, in my case, I don't know what you guys know about me. 
but I'm a dating coach just like Trip is. And I use NLP, which is Neural Linguistic Programming. So the basis of my coaching is I go into the minds of my clients, reprogram their brains so they can think, behave, and have the belief systems of a natural. So what I do is I tell her, I'm an NLP coach. Do you know what an NLP coach is? And she usually says no. And then that leads me into the story. And this is a true story. I used to live in Japan. And when I was in Japan, I was a translator. Well, I got a job as a translator and I was on stage. And the lady was talking in Japanese and I was translating it into English for the audience. Well, she said something I didn't understand. And the word, somebody asked me, what was the word? It's meneki, which means immunity. And I didn't, I didn't know that word. And I'd been studying for years and I didn't know it. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know what that word is. So I asked her to repeat it. She said it again and I didn't understand the word. So therefore, I couldn't understand the sentence and I couldn't translate it. Well, at that moment, I had a panic attack. And the walls closed in, everything was starting to go black. And I asked her, I said, I'm sorry, I don't understand you. Could you please bring up another translator? So I was pulled off the stage in shame and another translator came on. Well, that led to about eight months of extreme anxiety, agoraphobia. I would have almost daily panic attacks. It just set off this anxiety within me that I couldn't control. So I searched and searched. I went to psychiatrists. I tried to get on Xanax. I tried all these different things. And eventually I found an NLP coach. And over the phone, this NLP coach worked with me and was able to essentially remove this massive anxiety to the point where I am today. And I'm on a huge podcast like the Trip Kramer podcast, How to Talk to Girls. I'm not nervous at all because of this NLP. It worked so well for me that I too became an NLP coach. And now that's what I do. I help people with their issues. So in that answer, we have so many attraction building elements. It's not even funny. First of all, we crack her up with the whole ass model thing. Then we kind of get real, quote unquote, for a minute and tell her a true story of vulnerability that you overcame. And that's why you became what you are today. Now, my story is particularly good because I phrase it in a way where I show her I overcame that vulnerability. But what if you're an engineer or you're a whatever, fill in the blank, and you're like, well, dude, I don't have such a good story of perseverance. Well, the truth is you probably do. You know, I had a mechanic client and he's like, I, I don't really know why I'm a mechanic. And we, we searched it and, and we got to the point where one day he fixed his dad's lawnmower. And he saw the look on his dad's face, the look in his eyes where he fixed his lawnmower. He was like, man, I, I just love that feeling of being able to fix things for people where they're so moved by my talents that I want to become a mechanic. So now when he talks to girls, he says, just like I do, he's an ass model. Then he says, actually, I'm a mechanic at Ford. And this is the story of why I wanted to become a mechanic. So that's basic structure. It's that one, two, three-step process. It instills humor. It instills overcoming vulnerability. Tells her a little bit about yourself so you can be real, quote unquote, and get that emotional connection with her. And it works really well for attraction. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it just creates more of a story around what you do versus just saying, hey, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. So it allows to spike her emotions when you're talking to her to get her more interested in the conversation to then stick around longer in the conversation and build more investment in you. Right. So I like I like this. This is this is really good. Let's go Thank to the you. next one. What's the next 
common question. So oftentimes they'll ask you, you know, where are you from? Where are you from? Now, what I often say is, you ever see that show, The Office? And she says, yeah. And you say, you know how it was filmed in Scranton, Pennsylvania? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm from nowhere near there. I'm actually from Newport Beach, California. Ever hear of it? She cracks up and she says, yeah, I've heard of it. And, you, and then from there, what I like to do is tell a story about Newport Beach. And what I always talk about is how in Southern California, how people are so materialistic and how it's like a big competition. I'll tell stories about where I grew up. It was totally keeping up with the Joneses. It, like if somebody got a Mercedes, the next person had to get a BMW, the next person had to get this. So it was always that race to try to keep up with each other. And then what I'll do is I'll ask her the same questions back to her. So what I want to get into now is how do you ask her what she does? How do you ask her where she's from? Well, it's the basic same premise, but you flip it around on her. So what I'll often do is I'll be like, when it comes to the what do you do question, she'll ask me what I do. I'll go through that whole story. And then people's favorite subject is themselves. So guys, don't forget to ask her because that's really important. I'll say, what do you do? What do you do? And she'll be like, well, and I'll be like, wait, 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 let me guess. Let me guess. You are an ice cream man. And she'll be like, no, I'm not. I'm like, yeah, you are. Listen, don't be humble. You are Colorado's best ice cream man. Listen, my favorite ice cream is mint chocolate chip. So here's what I want you to do. I live in a cardboard box outside the club. So what I want you to do is I want you to meet me outside of this bar at 12 p.m. tomorrow morning and bring me two. That's right, Kelly, two gallons of mint chocolate chip ice cream. I'll be the guy dressed as a homeless man. I'll meet you there. You're my best friend. And then I'll like high five her and she'll hit my hand away. And it'll be that fun exchange. Then what I'll do is I'll say, no, really, what do you do? And she'll tell me what she does, right? Let's say she's a nurse. okay? And you can tell that she enjoys being a nurse. You can tell that it's something important to her. And I'll say, what inspired you to want to be a nurse? Or what do you love Ooh, I most? I like that. What inspired you? That's a great yeah. question. What inspired you to do? I would yeah. even use that to interrupt. I, I would even use that for anything. Like, what inspired you to want to do the job? Want to do what you did last week? What inspired you to do any action? Like, insert action. That's right. cool. I like that. Yeah, because inspire is emotions, right? And we want her to get into her emotions. And a lot of times girls don't even realize what inspired her to want to be that. So when you get that out of her, what your emotions equal attraction, really. So when you're getting that out of her, she's feeling that attraction for you. So what inspired you or what made you want to do that? Did something happen? Now, oftentimes she will have an inspiring story. I met a girl once who was a veterinarian. And I said, what inspired you to want to be a veterinarian? And she tells me this whole story about how she saved this, this bird and how she like brought it into her home and all this. And, and she was really into it. And I was into it too. And we had that connection. Because if you just say, what do you do? Oh, I'm a veterinarian. Oh, that's cool. So how often do you come here? Th that's horrible. So what you want to do is you want to go into that. I always started by teasing her. I always accuse girls of being an ice cream man. I just... Something I like to do. Girls think it's funny. And then ask her what inspired her. Now, quick tip on this. If she says she works at the DMV, She's a waitress. She's a barista at Starbucks. You're not going to be like, what inspired you to work at the DMV, right? So what I do in those cases is I always think about, does this job suck for her? And, and it oftentimes does. When the chicks are you know, 21 through 25, they're probably not settled in their career yet. 
And oftentimes we as men are attracted to those kinds of girls and we talk to them often, especially in the nightclub. So what I do for that is I kind of point out how it might be frustrating to be in that situation. And I come up with the funny way that she takes revenge on her clients or her customers. For example, I talked to a girl who worked at the DMV. And I was like, okay, does she really have a dream of working at the DMV for the rest of her life? Probably not. So she probably kind of thinks it sucks. Being it that it sucks, if I say what inspired you to work at the DMV, she's going to think I'm a douche canoe. So instead, what I do is I say, do you ever take revenge on people who come into the DMV? I was like, do you ever, do you ever like add an extra mole on the top of their forehead when taking their driver's license picture or like put like 190 pounds when she really weighs 120 because she was kind of being a bitch to you? And they always laugh because they like that idea, that funniness of taking revenge on people. This is particularly good with girls who are waitresses. Do you ever go back there? I've always wondered, do you guys ever like, you know, slap that steak on the ground, slap it up against the wall or like spit on it before you give it to clients? And I'll tell you this, guys, a lot of waitresses do. So you should definitely treat your waitresses with respect because they take revenge on people in that way. So that's one way to instill more emotion into conversations, particularly when she talks about what she does. That's so cool. Yeah. You're not going to be like, what inspired you to be a waitress? <laughs> you, know, yeah, like, yeah. you definitely have to know where you are in the conversation and really throw in some empathy along with just some social awareness, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, okay, depending on what they do and if they're doing something that's, you know, just kind of like your average job, so much better to go that route where you're saying to them, you're, you're basically hitting them with some sort of empathy. Like you understand the challenging parts of their job and it makes you connect with them so much faster. Yep. So yep. that is, it's cool to be able to have that in your arsenal. Like what, whatever they do, can we connect with them in some way? Can we empathize with them in some way? Or can we just connect and get them all excited to talk about why they're, they felt inspired to do whatever it is that they do? Also, I want to add in too, is if you say something like, oh, what inspired you to be an accountant? Or I don't know, Mark, do you think that would be a good thing to say there? Or would you say something more empathy-wise? Yeah, it's kind of like you got you to gotta see, is an accountant something that takes a long time to get into? I think it would. So I it think... Could. It could. I, I have friends who have, have their master degrees in that. So yeah, yeah I'd say that. I would say this is like, if they go, oh, what inspired me? I mean, nothing. I just kind of fell into it. Yeah. You know, it's like, so if they respond and they're like, oh, like negatively in a sense where they don't like what they do, yep. I would probably follow up and say something like, well, what would you rather be doing? Mm, right? It's like to see, yeah. to see where their head is at there. It's like get them back to that level of excitement, future, what things that they, you know, fantasy in, in a way of like, okay, what would they want to be doing? What, what would be exciting to them? So I would mm -hmm. say maybe follow up with that if that does occur. I don't, I don't want to make this too complicated for guys of like, okay, all logical. <laughs> if this, then that. There's all these different ways it could go. But I think, you know, once you get into it, you'll get the idea. Well, a couple points on that. So she says, Ugh, I'm an accountant. Then you can do kind of what I said before, which was like, do you ever do you ever mess up people's accounting on purpose? Just add a couple extra ones in there. And uh, you yeah, know, there blah, you blah, go. Blah. Or, or, you know, if, if she's in school, let's say, to become an accountant, 
then you have to say, well, what made you want to become an accountant? So obviously, guys, you need to think on your feet. And this is why sometimes as dating coaches, we have a little bit of trepidation to teach these exact blueprints. Because as Trip said, it's like, if she does A, then you're going to do B. Then down the tree, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. It doesn't work that way. You need to be able to think on your feet. And one of the good ways to do that is to just go out there and practice, talk to people, learn how to take what people say and run with it in a fun and interesting way that builds attraction. But for you guys who are more like right-minded, you do like these structures, this works so well. Just keep in your mind three steps, okay? both when you're asking her questions and when she's asking you questions. And then based on that, like what Tripp said, you got to be able to improvise. You got to be able to go with whatever she says. Like, what if she says she's an assassin? You know, how would you, uh, what inspired you to want to kill people, right? You got to be able to just go with it and, and ask her interesting questions. And that happens best of all when you actually go out and do it. A lot of guys are armchair pickup artists where they want to like practice and build these blueprints and write everything down and study and study. Dude, the best way to get out there is just talk to people. And you can practice this with anybody. It doesn't even need to be girls. You can do this with guys you just meet is to be able to instill this comedy and emotion into those conversations. Yeah, it's so true too. I remember, this is a true story. It was 2008 when I was really diving into all the material that I would find on the internet at the time, which was mostly pickup material. And I literally had note cards of just studying different routines, different things. And yeah. it was just... it was. I made it so hard on myself that I just couldn't do it. I was like, you know, and, and, and I, there was a reason why I couldn't do it. It's because I was basically studying something that I didn't have any experience in. So I'm sitting here studying these note cards that I made and how to like continue a conversation and make routines and memorizing different lines. And, and of course, it was difficult. I had no experience to put the... I, I had no reference experience. So I was literally just studying data and facts. Yep. And it wasn't really helping. It wasn't sticking. I mm. bet. So what I ended up doing was I ended up throwing all the note cards away. And I was just like, all right, I just got to go out there and just talk to people and just see what happens. Right. So that that's what I ended up doing. But I bet you if years later, I would have come back to those cards. I would have maybe understood a little bit more. Oh, okay. This is when this would happen. This is when this would happen. Because I'd be able to understand and reference it back to conversations that I was already having with women. You know, So one thing too... I a little bit of a side note. One thing I would do for the guys who are listening, you can take your iPhone or your Android, whatever you got. You can put in your headphones. And I know now a lot of the headphones these days are wireless, but people still have wire headphones. Get a pair of wire headphones that have a little mic attached to it. And then what I want you to do is take these wire headphones with the little mic on it, plug them into your phone, wrap it around your neck so it kind of looks like you were just listening to something. When you go do an approach, and this is going to be more for a daytime approach. It might be strange if those are around your neck when you're at a bar. So this is more for a daytime approach. Go to up to a girl. Right before you do it, press the record button so you can record the conversation. And it will show up very, very clear because the mic is right there, right around your neck. Mm-hmm. The reason why you'll do this is because you can record the conversations and you can listen back to them and go, oh, okay, you know what? I bet you would have been better if I answered this question like this. Or, oh, you know what? Maybe it would have been better 
if I said this here instead of you know telling this story? Or, oh, okay, I could have used Mark's little technique there. So it's so much easier to go back and try to fix things. So the reason why I'm saying to do this is because you're going to get better. But also understand that the conversations that you're going to have when you're going out there and talking to women, and you were saying this, Mark, is it's practice. A lot of it is practice. It's not like, okay, learn this Mark Singh technique, go out and kill it. You probably won't kill it. You'll mess up. And that's okay. It's practice, right? Over and over and over, you're going to practice it a little bit. You're going to understand and have reference experience of where to use it in the conversation. So guys like Mark and I are always encouraging you to go out and do approaches and have conversations as much as you can so you can have more competence and confidence in this area. And that's the way you're going to get better at it. And then you might even throw away the technique and it might be like, oh, that was just a stepping stone. And now I kind of have my own thing and, and now it's working out in my own way, whatever it may be. So it's really about getting out there and practicing as much as you can, just like you said. Yeah. And when I, when I get clients, I make them do reps. I make them open, not make them, ask them to open 20 girls a week. And a lot of times I just tell them to open and eject, ask a quick question and walk away. And then what you do is as time goes and you get more comfortable, also based on her reaction to your initial approach, you'll stack and, and try more of the conversation. But initially, it's just about reps. It's just about you know swinging that bat and getting in the batting cages over and over again. Because just like you, Trip, you know, I did that thing too. I was an armchair pickup artist. I got the mystery method, A1, A2, A3, took all these notes. I literally had a blueprint. If she says this, I'm going to say this. If she says that, I'm going to say this. And it didn't work because that's not the way human interaction works. You know, even you and I going into this podcast episode, we had a basic understanding of what we were going to speak about. But right now it's just flowing. You say something. I have to grab onto it and say something else. Then you say something and we build on each other's conversations. So while you cannot build a blueprint and you need to be nebulous, you need to be able to think on your feet, you can have some of these prepared because I'll tell you, she's always going to ask you what you do. So this is literally almost every conversation I have with the girl, either the first conversation or eventually when we're on the first date, she asks me. So in this respect, this is really rich content that you can prepare, but we don't want the message to be you can prepare everything because again you know that that ability to speak on your feet to freestyle as it were is extremely important so we don't want you guys to get the wrong idea there a couple other things that i say is when she asked me how old i am kind of stupid but it works good in the nightclubs now some of these are better in the nightclubs than in day game but i'll say yeah i'm 89 years old and i uh, discovered the elixir of youth if you promise to behave yourself tonight i will share that with you now, in my case, I'm 44 and I look like I'm much younger. People tell me I look like I'm in my early 30s. So I'll tell them straight up, I'll be like, yeah, I'm 44. And they'll be like, no, you aren't. And I'll do that whole thing where I'll drag it on and I'll say, hey, if we ever hang out, you're going to have to wait for me as I'm on my walker or you're going to have to wheel me around in my wheelchair because I got a bad hip. I'm so old, I got a bad hip. And that's something I'll do when they talk about age. Eventually, I'll take out my driver's license and show them that's a really good kind of gambit that I use. But depending on your age, you'll have to adjust that accordingly. And finally, when they ask you what you do for fun, if you don't have a good answer for this, then there's a major problem. You should prepare this. One of the things I say just lately, I think it's really funny, is they'll be like, yeah, lately I've really been trying to master my night hearing. I'm really trying to get to be able to hear at night. I go outside and I really focus. I'm almost there. I think last night I heard a bird. 
So as my night hearing gets better, I think I'm really going to be impressed with that. And I think that's really going to work great for me. She laughs. And then you tell her a story about what you do for fun. Like me, for example, I'm really into snowboarding. So I'll tell a story about snowboarding. When I lived down in Southern California, I was really into surfing. I tell a story about how one of my friends was surfing and he thinks he hit a shark, but it was actually a piece of plywood. And I tell this whole story about that and how I was afraid, but I had to go paddle out and help him out, show some vulnerability that you overcame, have that interaction. Then you ask her what she does for fun. And then she's able to tell it and then you get her into her emotions. So a lot of girls, especially in the nightclubs, they say, Oh, I love dancing. And then I'll point out, the reason you love dancing is because you stop thinking, don't you? She's like, yeah, I do. I'm like, yeah, you're completely in the present moment. You're just there with the music. You're not thinking about your problems of the past. You're not thinking about your problems of the future. You're just there with it and you can be in the present moment. People think that they love driving fast, riding motorcycles and skydiving because of the adrenaline. But it's really because finally we found a way to get our mind to stop thinking. And because of that, we feel at peace. We feel in the present moment. And when I say that to women about how they love to dance, they, they love that shit. They love that kind of metaphysical kind of stuff. So being able to lead these conversations in such a way, so important. So, so important. Cool. Awesome. Are there any other questions you want to share that are better to answer than what people normally do? That's pretty much it. That's what I wrote down. Brothers or sisters, sometimes they'll ask you. I'll say, yeah, I have a brother, but he's crazy. Last week, he yelled at the cat because he didn't vote. And they'll kind of crack up a little bit. And then what I'll do too is when they ask me about my brother, I'll tell them a story about how my brother, and this is a true story, he walked from Mexico to Canada on the Pacific Crest Trail. And then he did it again on the Continental Divide Trail. And then he walked the Appalachia Trail, which I believe is Georgia to Maine. So he's a long distance hiker. And then I'll tell stories about my brother, how one time he was in his tent and he was doing something and a bear came up and sniffed his ass and like literally put its snout into his butt and the girl will laugh and I'll talk about my brother. So, you know, even talking about what your siblings do that are quote unquote high value that are interesting, that's conversational content that reflects onto you and that makes you look better too. So preparing these things in advance, really good idea. But just as we said, you also have to be able to think on your feet. How do you do that? Go out and talk to people, get some reps. Love it. Awesome. Very good, man. Very good. This is this is good stuff. I feel like not only is it practical, but it's just situations that are going to come up all the time. Mm. Right? This stuff is going to happen all the time where you're going to get into conversations and they're going to ask you a question. I also want to just add in one thing here. You get to the point where they are actually asking you a question. Right? So if they're asking you a question, this is a sign that they are invested in you. Mm. This is one of those signs that they are interested in you. So really take advantage of this moment and use what Mark is saying here because this is your time to get them even more invested. And it becomes this more powerful spiral, so to speak. It's like, okay, they ask you a question because they're invested. They get more invested because you're answering the question in an interesting way and so on and so forth. So very cool, Mark. Just love it. Interesting stuff and stuff guys can use. Anything else you want to add to this or anything else you want to leave these guys with for today? Oh, I think I'm good. You know, That's what I came into this podcast wanting to share. You know, I, I want to encourage you guys yet again, get out there and practice. And what I always say is open and eject. You don't have to 
put yourself out there and try to close numbers when you're first starting. And even if you get a lukewarm response with her in the beginning, you don't have to try to close the number. You can just go up and ask for directions, ask where she got that Starbucks cup, even give her a compliment like, Hey, I just had to let you know. I think your outfit tonight is so cute. High five. She gives you a high five. Leave people better from having met you. That's what charisma is. It's leaving people better from having met you. And then as you build up and you get into conversations, you'll have this stuff prepared. And then when she asks you, what do you do? Boom! Throw in the ass model thing. Crack her up. Just watch the difference between that and perhaps your old conversations where you were just doing platonic vibing, interview mode, that kind of stuff. It doesn't build attraction. So that's the way you ease into it. You're going to get better. And when you use these, I'm telling you, it, it really does build that attraction. Awesome. Very cool. And where can guys find you if they want to learn more? Yeah. So I host the Unapologetic Man podcast. And as I always say, if you can spell unapologetic, then you have every right to the gold that I drop on that podcast. And I do you know, give a lot of good information I do talk about things like this, lots of different things that I talk about in conversation with girls, a lot of frame control based things, and also a lot of self development type stuff. It does have a five out of five rating on iTunes right now. So I think it's pretty decent. I really try my best. So if you can hop on over there and check it out, I would appreciate it. Once again, that's the Unapologetic Man podcast with Mark Singh. Cool. We'll put a link for that in the show notes. Mark, you're the man. And I have a good feeling we'll have you back on again this year and do a three-peat. So if you're ready, let's do it, man. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate your trip. Thank you.